Welcome back to the Front Nine Podcast. Derek and Bob with you tonight. Nate, uh, out of pocket, uh, just with a lot of uh, personal stuff going on. Uh, not able to join us, but uh, hopefully everything is going okay. And uh, and that will be on the men soon. And he'll be back with us. I know for a fact he'll at least be back with us in a couple weeks when we're at Innisbrook down in Tampa recording live together for the first time. That's pretty cool. We won't be recording yeah. from separate places, but we'll be able to record together live in the same room so that'll be uh fun to be able to actually banter with one another in the same room um but uh but yeah so we're all we're looking forward to uh to what we have coming up uh but obviously man this past weekend was so thrilling watching uh the u.s open play out as it did at tory pines uh did not disappoint i mean did not disappoint at all never Disappointed in 2008, it, it left us with the most iconic golf image of all time. And uh, this weekend, it might have might have given us one of the best front nines on Sunday we have ever seen in any major tournament, uh, which we're going to talk about. And we're really uh, and, and we'll, we'll talk about, you know, kind of all the stuff that kind of transpired uh, that we were, you know, just on our the edge of our seat with. I mean, there was a lot of texting going back and forth between the three of us. And uh, and then not to mention, uh, we have a great tournament coming up this week, following up the U.S. Open Travelers Championship. Great field. So Bob and I will dive into that and uh, give you some picks uh, of guys that we like to come out um, at the top of the leaderboard this week um, up there in, uh, I think it's Connecticut, right? Is that is it is it is that where it's at? I think it is Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, so anyway, so. Uh, excited to uh, unpack all this uh, just awesome stuff in the world of golf and and uh, got a lot to talk about. So, uh, but Bob, how, I mean, how are you, man? How was your Father's Day? Did you enjoy your Father's Day? Did you do anything special with your kids, your wife? You know, did you get any good gifts? Like, what 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 was that like? Well, so first, it's glad to be back. I'm really bummed I missed uh, last week. Felt like it's been a while since I've had a chance to talk uh, a lot of golf. So good to good to be back. Uh, we miss Nate. Nate's going to hopefully be back here soon. And, uh, hear what he has to say about the world of golf, but uh, you know, Father's Day was great. Um, spent uh, spent Sunday watching the U.S. Open with my boys. Uh, I've got I got two boys who love golf and love sports, so it was, it was really fun to watch. Um, and uh, we uh, we actually we had a cool little trip up uh, to uh, downtown Los Angeles, where we got we went to the uh, California Space and Science Center, where we got to see the Endeavor, uh, the shuttle Endeavor, which was a really Really cool thing. So we got to do that this weekend, and uh, almost like a I don't want to say a post pandemic. I don't feel like we're, we're over it, but you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it had been closed for a year and a half, and finally opened. So we got to go see it. And uh, I'll tell you, um, my son who loves space and loves just all things NASA, uh, it's the first time in his eight year life that he's ever been speechless when he walked in the room and saw the, saw the space shuttle. <laughs> uh, his eyes just got big. It was really cool to watch. So those That's things, cool. you, you, you know, as a father, you, you love to see, and uh, that was that was pretty awesome. And then coming home, getting to watch Tory Pines, which uh, we did think briefly about trying to get tickets and, and get down to the course uh, on Saturday or Sunday, uh, but uh, it, it, you know, on on a Sunday at a major, especially uh, with the leaderboard that we had. Uh, really hard to follow everything in person live and the, the right. TV coverage is always so good. Uh, so that uh, uh, hopefully, you know, next time, maybe next year, the farmers when they come out here, yeah, uh, I'll uh, head, head out to Tory on a, uh, you know, Wednesday or Thursday or Friday with, uh, with the kids and 
we'll get to walk the grounds next uh, next spring. But uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I got to go to the 2014 U.S. Open when it was at Pinehurst, uh, where Martin Keimer won, beat Ricky Fowler. Uh, they were in the final group that year, and I and I remember, um, you know, I mean, Keimer kind of kind of ran away with that one, um, but um, I remember, like, I mean, it was it was crowded. But one of the cool things that the U.S. Open does or the USGA does is they actually give you. When you walk in the gates, they give you like an earpiece. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to tournaments oh, that are nice. like that, but they give you an earpiece that you can wear on your ear and it plays the radio broadcast in your ear uh, from, you know, whatever the PGA Tour radio broadcast is. And so you can actually listen to everything that's happening on the golf course as it's happening. And so you can kind of move and adjust who you're following and where you're following and how that happens. Uh, so it's a pretty neat perk of being at the U.S. Open. Uh, they give you those little uh, one ear earpieces to be able to listen to the radio broadcast. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Father's Day was great. I, uh, I would just hung out, watch golf, uh, took a brief nap, um, kind of as the early <laughs> wave was going off um, after church. We got home from church and uh, and then took a little nap and then uh, and then woke up around five o'clock, right when the leaders were starting to tee off and kind of get rolling. And, uh, and was able to watch, you know, all the way through the end, which was, which is great for us. I mean, over here on the East coast to be able to watch golf in primetime where, where normally we're watching it, you know, at three in the afternoon and, uh, you know, it's over by six. It, it was, it was nice that, you know, we got to watch it well into the evening, nine thirty, ten 10 o'clock, um, each night this week. And so, uh, I always love it when there's a, a good golf tournament on, especially on the West coast. Uh, yeah. Really West- great. Yeah. West Coast golf is, is, is awesome. It, uh, I yeah, love the prime yeah, time on is. the East Coast. And living in the West Coast, I like not having to, you know, get up at uh, and, and turn on the TV at 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, when you got other stuff going on. Right, right. Uh, yeah. and, and you can actually see it, right? I, you know, I can turn on the leaders at 2 or 3 like a, a normal person on the, yeah. on the East Coast could do. <laughs> right, so that was, right. Uh, that was pretty fun. Yeah, no, it, it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I, you know, we're gonna get the other side of that coin uh, here in a few weeks when the British Open's <laughs> play because we're gonna all wake up at you know four in the morning to watch early coverage. Uh, or if you're like us or like me, I know I will wake up at like four in the morning. For you, it'd be like oh, yeah. midnight. You just you just wouldn't even go to sleep. It's uh, okay. But <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean that's uh, that's one of those. Uh, that's one of those where you kind of get the reverse uh, whenever it goes across the pond, but that's all right. But obviously, I mean, we have a big winner, John Rom, big name, number three player in the world, uh, coming in really hot. Obviously, he was a big topic on the podcast the last couple of weeks as uh, uh, because of what happened at the memorial. And uh, if I had anything to say, one phrase to say, I would just say good for him. Because like the, it, like it's kind of a, it, it, I mean, it was he, he obviously is playing as good or better than anyone else in the world right now. That was clear at the U.S. Open, clear at the Memorial, but also just so many other things going on in his life. A father on Father's Day for the first time, a father on Father's Day, uh, bringing home a major championship, his first major championship at the place where he won his first PGA tour tournament. I mean, just so many cool storylines for John Rahm. So good for him. I mean, what are your thoughts, Bob? Uh, you, you can't, it's a Hollywood story. It's just Hollywood finished. You can't make this stuff up. You know, I mean, uh, at the Memorial, he was clearly the best player at that tournament by a wide margin. And you could see, you know, they showed clips, 
you know, when the uh, tournament officials told him he had to withdraw and his face just turned white and he just, you know, doubled over and he, you could see the, the pain. Um, but I, I'll tell you, you know, uh, sports is such a great just analogy for, for, for life. And he, uh, he could have done one of two things, right? He could have just kind of sul- sulked and felt sorry for himself and, you know, just said, well, you know, uh, I had a six stroke lead and was going to get this, you know, $2 million check from Jack. And now I got, I got nothing. He could have just sulked, uh, you know, but instead he, uh, he said, you know, we're going to make the best of it. Uh, we're going to go to Torrey Pines and we're going to, we're going to play well. And, um, it, it was the birdie birdie finish, the way it all landed, ended with, uh, and then like, like you said, the, his first place that he ever won, um, PGA tour, right at Torrey Pines. Uh, he, uh, proposed to his wife at Torrey Pines, you know, so it's a special place for them and their family. Um, such a cool, such a cool finish. You just, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. I mean, that's a, like you said, it's storybook. It's one of those things that you just don't expect, um, to transpire quite like it has. And, and with the type of importance that that place has for John Rahm and his family, for his career, all of those kinds of things. So it just is a, it really is a cool, um, thing to, to see him come out the victor, um, in that tournament. It was, uh, it was obviously interesting. I mean, I, I, you know, you guys gave me your picks last week. You, you picked Mark Leishman. Um, I, I, I was going, I was, I was going back yeah. and forth in Leishman and Xander. And yeah. I went with the flyer with the Australian right. and that yeah. did not work out. No, it didn't. But I mean, it, it happens. I mean, he, he, he typically plays well in major championships. So like, I can't really blame you a whole lot there. Um, but, but yeah. And, and I do think that you weren't the only one. There were some other people who were, who were thinking he was going to have a, a pretty solid finish and, and he just didn't turn out that way. Um, but you know, I think, you know, Nate obviously picked John Rom on the pod. Uh, we also know that Nate wasn't able to pick John Rom in his work pool because he picked second and the guy who picked yeah. first picked John Rom. So Nate and all of his colleagues are paying that guy out an extra, uh, 10 bucks this week. So, uh, kudos to the guy who picked John Rom first in their work pool, uh, but it left him with Brooks, and so he had Brooks, and and obviously Brooks uh, came uh, relatively close, I guess, like he like he has in the past, um, faded a little bit down the stretch, but um, it's just a really uh, really compelling thing to watch John Rom do what he did, and 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 really, I mean, just played solid golf, and I think that that was probably the thing that I took away from his round on Sunday was not necessarily that he um, he played incredible golf, but he got up and down where he needed to get up and down. He didn't make any mistakes, uh, and he didn't get the big number like a lot of those guys we saw coming down the stretch. He didn't make that big number that cost him uh, a chance to win the golf tournament. And then obviously when he had the opportunity on 17 and 18, he made those two great clutch birdie putts uh, to give himself a little bit of a cushion coming down the stretch. Uh, with some of those other guys who were behind him uh, trying to catch him. Uh, he, he made those two birdies, which was going to make it really, really hard for anyone else to make two birdies. I and mean, we didn't see anyone else make two birdies on that stretch of holes all afternoon. And and he poured them in right in the center uh, with, you know, perfect speed. I mean, they were just, they were just, I don't know how to say it other than those were perfect putts. Um, both of them, absolutely perfect putts, like uh, great speed, great line. And, um, 
And so just uh, kudos to him because he, he, he hung in there and he did what he had to do to not make mistakes. And then when he had opportunities on the last two holes, he really cashed in. Uh, definitely a worthy champion. Uh, definitely went out and won it. It wasn't given to him. Although we will talk about some of the some of the mistakes that the other guys made coming down the stretch here in a minute, but obviously wasn't given to him. I mean, he went out and won this golf tournament, and uh, you know, and I, to be honest, I mean, do you think that there's a do you think that that he should be considered the number one player in the world right now? Uh, from from your your mindset, your thought process, I, I, absolutely, he he is absolutely right now. I mean, what he did at the memorial, and I mean, even before then, Rom has been. I think he missed the cut earlier this year, but he had, I think, 24 or 25 straight cuts made. Uh, he's a top 10 machine. He's always on, he's always, you know, he grinds everywhere. Um, you know, his game is one where he doesn't necessarily dominate one specific phase of the game uh, like you see some of the other players do, but he is ridiculously solid everywhere, right? I mean, you, you think of Tiger and you think of just incredible iron play and clutch putting all over, right? Uh, right. DJ was always the, he could drive it better than anyone else. McElroy was the driver of the ball. Spieth might be one of the best putters, right, that we've seen in the in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rom doesn't necessarily have that one piece, but uh, he grinds everywhere. He never gives up. Um, his emotions, you know, they used to get the best of him, but he seems to have figured that one out. Uh, and, and yeah, absolutely. He is the, the number one player right now. Um, and, and I think it's, uh, I, I think it was evident. I mean, uh, you talked about Brooks and, uh, you know, we know Nate, you know, picked Brooks and, and for a while Brooks looked like he was, he was going to be there, but mm-hmm. you look at the yeah. putt, the, the whole 17 was just a classic example where Brooks he had a putt on 17 to go, I think, four under at the time. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. That's and good. he missed it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Rom, similar position, an hour and a half later, he drains it. Brooks then has, you know, needs to go for, you know, then he needs to you know, go for the green. He's trying to make an ego on 18 and, and made, made a mess of it. But, uh, you know, if Brooks makes the birdie on 17, he probably has a different play on 18, and he probably walks away with a birdie on 18. And he's mm-hmm. probably looking at five under, and at that point in the tournament, we all thought five under was going to win. You know, like right. everyone yeah. was going down. Well, and, and and if somebody could have gotten to five under, if somebody could have gotten there, it would have put more pressure on those guys. I mean, you yeah. saw that when when Rom when Rom got to six, and when he got to five and six on seventeen and eighteen, it seemed like those guys right behind him knew that, and it began to tighten up. Like, I mean, guys like Rory who were right there. Yeah. went bogey double you know i mean it was it was uh it was definitely one of those things that if if brooks could have gotten and posted that number early if he could have made those putts and posted that number you you might be talking about a different you know a different story but um but you know kudos to ron because you know he's the guy that actually did make those putts and and now we're talking about his story which was you know like we said it's a it's a it's a story for the ages a guy who you know, had to withdraw because of COVID, which is a crazy fluke thing that no one expected a year and a half ago. And then it impacted everyone in the world, not just people here in America, but everyone in the world. It impacted every avenue of work, of school, of of life. Uh, and it was just so crazy. And, and then it went right as we begin to think that, oh, yeah, this isn't really that big of a deal anymore. It impacts a major golf tournament that John Rahm is six shots ahead in. 
And and then yet the next time he tees it up, it's a major championship. It's at the place he's won his first ever golf tournament where he proposed to his wife, a place that he loves, and he goes out there and he and he gets the dub. I, yeah, it, it's it's a great story, great awesome uh, thing to to root for him and and you you have to root for a guy like that who goes out there and cashes it in like he did this past week. It's just so so uh, he could have easily been bitter. He could have easily not been in the right frame of mind but he stayed positive i think that was one of the things i took away from his post uh, round press conference that he did was just you know it would have been easy for me to to be bitter but but instead i just tried to remain positive and knowing that my game was in a good spot coming into this tournament that i had a chance you know at a golf course that i love i had a chance so anyway just a really cool story and and so kudos to him good good for him and uh, you know your 2021 U.S. Open champion is John Rom. So, uh, pretty cool, uh, pretty cool stuff. And uh, we'll see, we'll see how his the rest of his season goes. Maybe, maybe he's uh, the guy who hosts the Olympic gold medal this year. You know, I'm su- I'm, I'm assuming he will represent Spain in the Olympics. Yes, uh, he is. Uh, he he locked up Spain's uh, uh, Spain's one of Spain's two spots. So he he will be representing Spain. Nice. All right. So maybe he maybe he walks away with the gold medal. That'd be kind of cool. U.S. Open and gold medal in the same year. Uh-huh. Pretty, that'd be pretty, pretty cool. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, but uh, but but obviously there were other storylines that took place on Sunday as well. Probably the biggest one that we were just absolutely. I think, I think everybody was kind of baffled by was as good as John Rahm played on the last two holes, Louis Oosthuizen might have played them as bad as anybody we have ever seen in that situation. I mean, that was just epic, like just epically bad decision-making on those holes. You know, and and, uh, anyone who's played competitive sports, uh, whether it's golf, basketball, baseball, uh, pressure is real. I mean, it, it, you you do weird things under pressure that you you never would do um, in a non-pressure situation. But uh, part of that is your your caddy or coach or you know whoever is guiding the the player at that time on the seventeenth tee box has got to tell Louie, hey, you've got you know sixty acres to the right that is wide open that you can make par from anywhere down the right hand side, take the driver and rip it down the right. And you know, you're going to have a nine iron into the green uh, and, and you're going to be fine. You know, don't even, he, he was in a different position than uh, guys who were, who finished uh, you know a little earlier, like uh, Rory on 17 ripped a perfect drive down that left mm-hmm. side and had a really good angle. Mm-hmm. Um, Morikawa did the same thing, had a really good angle, and they but they needed to make birdie on seventeen, so they had to take a little big of a risk. Uh, man, Louis just didn't need to do that, and he just—I don't right. know if it was a mental, just he, he didn't even think about it, or he just a giant, you know, pull, or yeah, a giant, giant pull, or uh, I don't know, but man, that's a uh, that. You're, you're you were just gut wrenched when you just yeah. saw that ball tumble into uh, the hazard. Yeah, I mean, I think 
I think that's, I think what you just said is, is absolutely true. I don't know what was going through his mind. I mean, I know that there is this aspect of professional athletes. They believe it doesn't like, I'm not going to change. Like I'm not going to do anything differently, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, I'm just going to do what I normally do. Right. Because I'm one of the greatest players in the world. I should be able to pull it off. And that's probably true. But like you also are about to potentially win the U.S. Open or or at least have a chance to win the U.S. Open if you just keep the ball in play. Like if you just keep it in play, you can make par. It was a 430 yard par four. Like that is that is a that is a par every day, all day long on it doesn't whether you hit it in the rough or not. And that's a hole that's wide open. On the right side, right? Like we talked about that. Like that was that was Bryson's like Bryson basically said all week long, I am not, I'm just going to hit it right. Even if it's right of the cart path, it's better than being left in the in the ravine or whatever that well yeah. was. Um we uh, like, in, in, in Southern California so, we, so yeah, we have all this room. I mean you can literally like what? What did what did Nate? What did Nate text? Nate texted. Oh, you know David Faraday. David Faraday said like he had he had you know from here to the Mexican border, <laughs> he had from the T box to the Mexican border on the right side of the fairway if he wanted to hit it over there. And he and he just, I think the point was is that I think he was just saying you know I'm not going to do anything different. I'm just going to get it down there. I'm just going to hit it. If I hit the shot I know I can hit, then I have a better chance at making birdie and I have a better chance at winning the golf tournament as opposed to getting into a playoff or, or whatever the case might be. But, like, man, it's the freaking U.S. Open and you finished second five times. Like, that's the other thing about Louis. He's finished second in major championships five times since he won in 2010 at the British. Like, you got to be thinking, like, I know that maybe he wants to win. But like you got to be thinking like maybe your best chance to win is to go head to head with somebody for eighteen holes the next day. I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, and, and, and you got to think it, it's starting to get mental for him now too, right? I mean, uh, at, at Kiowa, he was in contention for why. I know he didn't come in second at Kiowa, but uh, you know, on I, I don't remember if it was Friday or Saturday. Um, it might have been Saturday, but there was one point in, in either the second or third round that he was easily the best player on the course at Kiowa. And was was building the lead, right? And then he he kind of fell apart. Yeah. Um, and, and here, kind of the same thing. On and I think I texted you guys on Saturday. He was easily the most solid, consistent, consistent guy on on Saturday. Right. Um, and then even through the front nine on Sunday, when the leaderboard was blowing up with all these big names, um, yep. he was steady. You know, didn't uh, didn't he, he didn't need to do a lot. He just needed to make pars, and that's what he was doing. Uh, and at some point it's just, I think it's going to get mental with him and it's, uh, it's yeah. weird. Yeah. And, and to his credit, you know, he didn't make a big fuss about it and he hit a good wedge shot in there, had a, had a pretty good look at par on 17, just didn't make the putt and just expected it to break more than it was going, than it did. And, and he just missed it just on the top edge. But like, I just, man, like that is one of those moments where you're like, man, that, that really, I mean, now you're down two. You have to make eagle on the last hole, which he gets to the last hole. He hits it again. He hits it left over the bunker into the rough. Um, and now he's got to try and go for the green in two, right? I mean, that's what everybody's thinking. You're going to go for the green, right? <laughs> I, 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 have, I mean, I, I, get, I totally get that it was thick rough. 
I think he was 230 out, 235 or something yeah, with water down closer, the left. Yeah, I think he's closer to 245, but yeah, something like that. Yeah. But obviously, water guarding the front left of the green. Yeah. D- d- does it matter if you make a bogey and you put it in the water, or you make a birdie? You lose either way. You're just, you're in second either way. Actually, you know, right. I, I don't yeah. I don't know if it matters. Yeah. And I I gotta think that if he can get it into the back bunker or even the the, the, the greenside bunker to the right. Mm. Uh, now it's a really hard shot out of there. You saw Rom hit out of there. You know earlier where he had right. to play away from the hole and things like yeah. that. Well, but he was I on the down slope, you know. Like, I mean, if you just if you right. just got it into the flat of the bunker, that's going to make that bunker shot a lot, lot easier. And I mean, those guys are world class bunker players. You know, yeah. they'll hold. You see hold bunker shots all the time on the PGA Tour. You yeah. don't see hold eighty yard wedges all the time. You know, nope. you don't see that every tournament. But every tournament, every tournament, you see you guys holding out of the bunker, right? So, or even know. if he just get, but even if he, you know, gets it to, I don't know, twenty yards, he's right. got a better chance of making that. Like that—that that was my thing, man. Like I just could not believe. Like, and I know, like, you know, Peter Malfi and Azinger on the telecast, they were saying, "Oh, this is his best chance. He's got to lay it up. It's his best chance to make eagles." Best. It's like. Seriously? Like you guys think this is his best chance to make eagle? Like uh, I don't I go for par fives. I go for par fives almost all the time and I shouldn't, but it is always my best chance to make eagle. <laughs> like going for a par 5 and 2 is always your best chance to make eagle. It doesn't matter how good you are or how good you hit it. If you want a chance to make an eagle, you go for a par 5 and 2. Like that that is yeah. that, so like you can't lay up, and I bet, man, like the the no laying up. I haven't listened to their podcast yet, but golly, I bet that they're ripping into them because the name of their podcast is no laying it's up. No, no it's up. like what are you? Well, what in the world? Like I, I cannot believe he chose to lay it up to eighty yards on the last hole. Like I can't believe like that. That to me, after seventeen, which was bad, right? After after seventeen, which was bad. To do what he did on 18 just seemed absolutely absurd to me. Just seemed absolutely absurd. It seemed like he gave up, right? It's like the football coach who there's uh, there's 25 seconds left. He's down by five, and he goes for the. He doesn't go for two. He, he goes for one because he's like, eh, my best chance is to get a three and out and and, and try to stop him. You know, he just it, yeah. it's just. Louis Oosthuizen. Louis Oosthuizen did what the freaking Green Bay Packers did against the Buccaneers <laughs> in the NFC Championship game, and everybody is still looking at the Green Bay Packers head coach going, including Aaron Rodgers, which is why he's not at camp right now, is because he's like, yeah, everyone knew kicking a field goal was stupid. Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> everyone knew we needed to score a touchdown because Tom Brady was on the other side of the field, like. It, it's one of those things where like when you right. know you got to make it you got to go for the green it doesn't matter if you got to hit the best right. seven wood of your life you got to try and hit the best seven wood of your life like you know, just I, do I, it I, I even thought you know in, in that situation you know there, there's so there's giant grandstands to the left and behind the green right um and the pin was was on the right and there's water guarding the left and it's you know for him it's a it, it, it's an awkward he's got to play this you know kind of hard cut right or, or a kind of hard draw to get the ball uh moving onto the green from where so i get that's a hard lie 
But did they even discuss or think about, you know, what if we actually hit the ball in the grandstand on the left? Your drop is, you know, right outside the bunker on the left, and you got the whole green to work with, and you're 30 yards yeah. away. It's a, it's a, it's a pitch. Yeah, I, 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 you got to go through those scenarios to think maybe there's a better yeah. way to do this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's hard in that moment to think about, you know, anything yeah. being a good solution other than you know, trying to have as clean a lie as possible for your next shot. But, you know, and, and not wanting to, you know, the thing is, is like, if you, if you lose on the second shot, you didn't give yourself a chance to make the third one. Right. Right. That that's the only thought process that I think he was thinking right there was if I miss it on this one, I have zero chance on the third one. And, you know, I have to make the third one. I don't have to make this one. So, you know, I, I got to at least give myself a chance at the third one. But like, you also got to think what is going to be my best chance. Like, like that, you know what I mean? Like there's that whole idea of, yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing, but what's the best good thing you can do? You know what I mean? And, and the best chance he had was to go for the green, I think, uh, and get it, get it as close as he could. You know, I mean, the fairways are hard and fat, like, like put a four iron back in your stance and just hit it a low stinger, you know, and just let it run as far as it can run. And maybe you get to the front edge and you got a putt. I don't know. Right. But but just you gotta give yourself a better chance than than what he gave himself, I felt like. And I was just disappointed uh to to see that play out the way that it did. He obviously still made birdie. Um but you know, in my mind, like that's a, it's a consolation prize, right? I mean, he finished second again and, you know, I'm not saying that he would have finished tied. I don't think he would have, but it doesn't matter. Like the fact is I don't feel like he gave himself the best chance to get there. Yeah. I think we all were texting each other back and forth. Didn't feel that way. So as a bummer, uh, but you know, that's why, I mean, but they, they well, I mean, who, who can we say? I mean, he finished second, he probably won $800,000. So we should just shut up. We should, we should stop I, talking about this and just shut up. That's true. But, you know, so, so some of the things that I saw out of, out of the tournament, and I'd love to see, hear anything else you got, but uh, Bryson just totally collapsing, you know. Gosh, he uh, looked, Rory. He not, I don't think, I don't, I, I think, Bry, I think that like Bryson's back nine. Maybe even like his last five holes. <laughs> like I think I could have beat Bryson on that golf course on those last five holes. Like, he was that was uh, terrible. It uh, man, what a so he was leading the tournament. Okay, uh, he, he was shot thirty two <laughs> on the front nine. Still shot seventy seven. He was a co leader <laughs> standing on the eleventh tee box. He was yes the co leader uh, of the tournament and i just had to look this up he ended up in a tie for 26th <laughs> so <laughs> man gosh he went so bad bogey but it's bogey, like double quad that that, that quad was <laughs> quad the quad was my favorite. He when he when he started going down like I I'm not a Bryson fan. So anyone who is a Bryson fan that listens to this podcast, you probably will hate me forever for saying this. I'm not a Bryson fan. Um I I think he's interesting, but every time he starts to go sideways in a golf tournament, I'm literally as happy as I've ever been. 
Um, so I actually did not mind the quad. I actually was like, man, I love this. I love watching because I don't think he know like he does not know how to handle not, not hitting the ball well. And it's really fun to watch. Um, but like, it's one of those things for me where I'm just like, man, like, so what did he end up shooting? Was it like 45 on the back nine or something like that? 44. He, uh, 44. Yeah. 44. Gosh. So bad. Anyway. Um, yeah, I definitely, well, maybe not definitely 44 is probably about what I would be likely oh. to shoot on most any nine, not just one at the U S open, but I'll tell you, a 44 uh, <laughs> on the back nine on a Sunday, I, I mean, I played, I would lines. take that. I would take that. I'm a that. decent golfer. That's not bad. I, yeah. I think I, 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 I probably don't, I, I, I probably could get around without the quad. But I'm yeah. gonna have more bogeys than. <laughs> yeah, <that>. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> have a lot more bogey, a lot more bogeys. Um, yeah, I mean that obviously was awful. You know, uh, Rory was also kind of a bummer. He caught that a really was, bad. He caught a really bad lie on twelve in that bunker. Oh my gosh, that was that. That was, the golf gods just did not like him. On yeah, that one. That I mean, was, he just like he. That I don't think that had anything to do with him. He just caught a bad break. I mean, I think if that ball gets in the flat, I think there's a good chance he makes par on that hole. And then, and then, well, yeah, and then at worst, and then you know he he obviously has 13 there, and he hit he hit the green in two. I mean, he was striking the ball really really well yeah. on Sunday. Just did not, um, you know, didn't didn't put it um, particularly well. You know, well, I mean, he was he was burning edges, but he just was not getting anything to go in the hole. Yeah. And I mean, um, you even know, on thirteen, bummer. you know, he, he had that what it was like a sixty foot putt that he left three inches short. You know, it, it was right yeah. in the heart, just yeah. short. Um, and you know, yeah. if he makes that eagle right after he made the double bogey on twelve, and gets it right gets back, it, gets it right back. Who knows? You know, um, yeah. who, who knows? Because the the last couple of holes at, at Tory, um, and and we saw. Uh, we saw Rom do it, Harris English. They're gettable. You can birdie yeah. 16, 17, and 18 if yeah. you're you know, swinging well. Yeah, I mean, his issue was he, he played 16 like a joke. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he made bogey on 16. And then 17, he played really, really well, but missed the birdie putt on 18. Same thing, played it pretty decently well, but missed the birdie putt. But, I mean, he had birdie chances. If he doesn't make that bogey on 16 – um, and he makes that eagle on thirteen. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about a situation where, you know, he easily could have been five under par as well. You know, um, now Rom had already posted six at that point, so five wouldn't have gotten you anywhere other than second. But, um, but, but still, I mean, the reality is, is you know, he had he did not um, even after that point, he didn't play terrible. He just you know, or any worse than anybody else. He just didn't make any putts. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I think that that was the difference maker for him. And obviously the same thing for Brooks, right? Because Brooks got up there and yeah. Brooks was doing Brooks things. And we were all like, okay, well, here comes Brooks. I mean, no one else is going <laughs> to win. Like Brooks is there. No one else is going to win, right? Like he's going to win. Um, at one point, I think it was DeChambeau, Brooks, John Rom, Louis Ustase, and Roy McIlroy. I think the five of them. And maybe even Colin Morikawa. Maybe Morikawa all six was up there of them. Too. Yep. Maybe all six of them were at four or five under par together. I think Bryson was at five, and I think the rest of them were at four. But I mean, that is that is stacked. 
right? I mean, well, that is a, that is an incredible leaderboard, and it was fascinating to watch. I mean, we were like sitting there, like, have you guys ever seen a leaderboard with so many yeah. awesome players battling it out within one shot of the lead at a major? Like, this is crazy good. Well, and then not even that. You had guys like Xander Shoffley and you know I, I think Cantley and a couple others that were at maybe even or one or two under that were. You yeah, know, a, a a couple of good putts back. If they got hot, you never knew. You know, right? Uh, yeah. Well, and that that's kind of what. Awesome. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was incredible. And the 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 thing I was thinking the whole time was, as soon as somebody from the top of the leaderboard started to fall back, like we 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 didn't even know those guys were even close because all those guys were at the top. Right. Then a couple of those guys make bogeys, and they're and then and then like Xander's name and Cantley's name starts to come back up, and Harris English jumped up there. It's like. Yeah. Like literally, I saw one putt of Harris English all day long, and it was his birdie putt on eighteen, where he went three under par, posted the lead in the clubhouse. It's like <laughs> I I didn't see a shot of his all day until that putt. I mean, that's how crazy this U.S. Open was down the stretch. I mean, it was just absolutely fascinating to see all the names of the guys that were up there, and 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 some guys were going backwards, some guys were going forwards at times, and it was just it was just uh, man, it was it looked. It was like an. It was like a really good NASCAR race. It was. Like I mean, guys even JT, trading positions at, back and forth. You know, at one at one point, JT was up there too, wasn't? It? I mean, he he. I think he shot. Yeah, thirty nine or forty on the I back. He, but yeah, I think he got up there um, early. I think he got up there on the front nine, and then the back nine he faltered as well, kind so. of like some of those other guys. But but yeah, wow. he he had a chance after his front nine to get to get uh, to get pretty close. I'll tell you this. Uh, so obviously, this is the the last U.S. Open that was played at Torrey Pines it was 2008 when Tiger won. Um, and, and I gotta say, I know Torrey Pines might not be the most uh, it, 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 the architecture and the layout of Torrey Pines is very uh, I'll call it traditional, right? It's mm. a lot of back and forth. Not you know, there, there's not a lot of character to the actual course, right? But man, that course gives us great. U.S. Opens like yes, is, yes, uh, it is awesome. Yeah, great drama. I mean, I even think like just the green surfaces, right? Because they're Poana, like mm-hmm. being a little bit more bumpy. Like you know, like you can hit a good putt and you can make it, or you can hit a good putt and you can miss it because it it's a bump, you know. And I, I saw yeah. that multiple times uh, that you know guys guys did that, and um, you know that was kind of a bummer. Um, you know, but but man, it just it was a really awesome, uh, it was a really awesome Sunday to watch, and and uh, you know, hopefully the British will be just as fascinating. I'm looking forward to that as well. Can't wait uh, for the next one. It like major major tournaments. It just seemed to never disappoint. I mean, uh, the Masters is always great, uh, no matter what. It's always great. Uh, I mean, the PGA this year was incredible. Um, Having these fans back has just been so great. Even having fans in California. I mean, y'all, y'all oh, just y'all awesome. just kind of got opened up a little bit. But seeing seeing fans out there not wearing masks, I thought that was so cool to see in California. It just shows how far I feel like our country has gotten uh, since a year ago. And uh, you know, and so you know, praise God for for all the growth and and all the progress that we've been able to make through. Uh, people sacrificing through the medical field and, and first responders and and people really working uh, behind the scenes to to make things like this happen and, and kudos to the U.S. Open to be prepared to open up ticket sales and 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 have uh, people there 
uh, cheering on this golf tournament because um, it deserves, you know, it deserves accolades. These major, major championships deserve these fans. Um, it just makes them so much more fun to watch and, and the energy and excitement level just goes straight through the roof. So, um, so kudos there, um, in that regard. So, um, excited, uh, though we have a great tournament coming up this week, right, Bob? I mean, like, this is one of those that like, I mean, you never really expect a tournament after a major to be all that great, kind of expect it to be a downer week, but this is not a downer week. This is going to be a great golf tournament to watch. And this, we were talking about this uh, just right before the pod, uh, and this might be the best post-tournament field of the year uh, after a uh, after a major, right? Yeah, post-major tournament. Post, field, yeah. Well, post-major tournament field. Yeah, I mean, just you've got you know Bryson and DJ Cantlay, Patrick Reed, um, you know, Ricky Fowler, Spieth, yeah. uh, Bubba Watson. It, it's a really Cam strong Smith, field. Yeah, Phil Mickelson. Um, Right, Phil Mickelson. It's a it's a it's a really good really really good field. Um, I think it's it's a good field because the players love the course, right? I mean that's yeah yeah uh, no it is a, it, it I think I think there are a number of the players on the PGA Tour who say this is probably one of their top five spots on tour. Yeah, absolutely. And you know the, the Northeast doesn't get. Uh, you know, they, they don't get a ton of tournaments that, that, that come through there on a regular basis. Uh, I mean, Boston hosts one, uh, but you know, yeah. you don't get a ton of them up, up in the, uh, up in the Northeast. Um, so mm-hmm. it's pretty cool to see, uh, you know, some golf up in Connecticut. Um, and I, you know, I, I I'm going to be interested to see how some of these guys, especially these stars bounce back from the back nine, on uh, <laughs> from, from Sunday, like you know, how does Bryson and DJ? How do they respond? Um, you know, are, are they going to grind it out, or are we going to get uh, like you know you and I had mentioned? Are we going to get kind of a first time or a I'm going to call it a surprise winner? And not that a guy like Scotty Scheffler would be a surprise, but a first time winner like him. Yeah. Or you know my uh, my favorite lefty Brian Harmon. Um, yeah. He's, he's on my list. Okay. Um, yeah, I like that. Ricky Fowler resurgence, you know, he's well rested after not gosh, having How cool would that be? How <laughs> that would cool would that be? Oh my gosh. That would be so dope. If if Ricky Fowler showed up and played well and got into contention and had a chance to win at the track. Oh gosh, man. I'd be so thrilled to see that. That'd be that would be so cool. I would be so well, excited. And you know, he's he's playing a little bit better. I know he didn't make the US Open, right? He didn't make the cut. Right, uh, right. He didn't make the, the qualifying. Yeah, he didn't qualify but, yet. Uh, he, he played well at Kiowa. He played well at Memorial, right? Um, it, it's not, he's moving in the right direction. Is he ready to win? I, I, I don't know. Uh, but like we've always said with professional golfers, you know, it's usually not typically a mechanical issue. It's a mental issue or a minor adjustment and you're right back in it. So, yeah, I mean, he uh, finished top 10, both of those tournaments, yeah. um, you know, uh, coming back, after missing the masters and, and taking some time off after that, like he, uh, he is definitely shown good form in his last two tournaments. And it would be a really cool thing. I don't, I mean, I don't know if he's ready to win yet, like you said, but, but it'd be a really cool thing to see him continue to have good form, um, you know, and be up there somewhere, you know, this weekend where we get to watch him play and, uh, have some prime coverage. That'd be, that'd be really cool to watch. Um, 
You know, a guy guy that, you know, you, you spoke to Scotty Scheffler. Now that guy, I you know, I think he has a great shot, right? I mean, he's been playing oh, yeah. great golf, played great at the US Open, again, kind of faltered on Sunday, but but played great um at the US Open as well. And uh just another one of those guys who man consistently is up there all the time. Uh, it's only a matter of time before he cashes in his first win. He's a former PGA tour rookie of the year. So, um, I mean, had a really good chance earlier this year at the match play, um, has had a couple other good close calls like at, at Memorial, he, he finished second, uh, behind Cantlay and Morikawa. He was right there, uh, had to make a, I think he had to make a birdie or a par on 18 and he missed that putt. Um, to get into that playoff with them. Um, but he, he definitely had a shot on Sunday, played great Sunday down the stretch at Memorial with the exception of that 18th hole. And uh, it may it'd be great to see him come out and, and get his first win. Um, so, so is that who you're taking? I don't know. Who, who are you thinking? So, you know, I, I've got a couple of different guys that, I, that I'm thinking about. Um, I, I don't think I'm taking – uh, Scheffler, I, I think he. This is he, he's probably going to finish high, um, but uh, I, I I'm going back and forth between two guys. One I really like Patrick Cantlay. Um, he he loves this course. He shot a 60 here as an amateur, um, you know, seven or eight years ago. Uh, he he always plays well here, and he seems to his game is rounded in the right form. So. Uh, Cantley is high on my list. Um, I was also looking at Kevin Streelman, right? I always like the, the mm. those guys that that had a good, uh, especially in majors. They finished maybe not you know in, in the top, but they had a really solid week, and then they're coming into another week where maybe some other guys are not quite as uh, focused. I think that could be one for a guy like Kevin Streelman. But my pick, uh, I'm going to go a little bit deeper in the bag uh, to a guy that's had a, a better year. Um, but, uh, Stuart Sink, I think is who I think is, uh, Ooh, I, I think okay. that's, uh, um, I, again, these, these tournaments and, and even with a strong field, I like the guys that are maybe not the A-listers, they're not the superstars, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, the, the stars kind of align. Um, and I, I like Sink for, and this would be his third win of the year. Um, yeah. he's already won twice this year. Right. But uh, he he does well when there's not quite as much pressure. The lights aren't quite as bright. He's a little older, right? So he's still mm-hmm. working through that. So yep. I, I'm I'm going to take Stuart Sink. Um, but uh, I do think Scheffler, Cantlay, um, Streelman, um, and uh, uh, I think they all contend or are you know are in the in the equation right on Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I so I I like that. I mean, I think those are those are good picks. Um, I think if I'm going to pick a winner, um, you know, th- there's a really big part of me, even though I'm not a Bryson guy, that thinks Bryson is just going to absolutely <laughs> dominate this golf course. Like I I think with his length and with his distance, like four of the par fours might actually be drivable for him. Um, so like he, he might he might legitimately. Uh, and every par five, he'll be able to reach into. I mean, so I think he he's gonna he's gonna be there at some point uh, throughout this golf tournament. I think, um, but I'm gonna go with Paul Casey. Uh, Paul Casey has had a great run at this golf tournament in the past. He ha- did not cash in his win 
but he has had some really close calls at this golf tournament in the past. Plays this golf tournament really well. Obviously, played great uh, on Saturday and Sunday at the U.S. Open. Uh, made the cut on the number. And I don't know if you saw this, but by he, by the time he finished his round on Saturday, so he was tied like 60, I think he's like 63rd going into Saturday's round out of 70 players. He's tied 63rd or something like that. By the time he finished his round on Saturday, he was tied third. So he, he jumped 60 spots on Saturday, uh, shooting four under par. So um, I, I just I think he's in good form. I think this golf course sets up well for him. And, um, you know, he's one of those guys who obviously is a household name but hasn't won a ton on tour. But I yeah. expect him to win more. I think he has shown really great form recently um, and lately. And, and I, I think, you know, he's got a good chance to win. So I'm going to pick Paul Casey. I don't know that he – um, you know, I, like I said, I think Bryson very well could lap the field at a place like this Bubba Watson. Uh, I know a lot of people don't think of Bubba Watson as the guy that he once was, but he's won at this place, I think three times. Yeah. So he, this golf tournament definitely sets up for Bubba Watson pretty well. Um, and he has been playing in good form. I mean, he was tied for the lead on Saturday, uh, or going into Saturday's round going into the weekend. I mean, he was up there um at the u.s open he was only like or he wasn't tied for the lead but he was two shots back uh he was three under par going into saturday's round and and faltered on saturday but but obviously i mean to be three under par through two rounds of the u.s open tied inside the top five i mean you're you're playing some pretty good golf so i would not expect uh anything like bad to come from bubba watson's camp this week i think he probably plays pretty well uh finishes up pretty high uh, don't know that he wins, but but I think this golf course sets up well for him. And then, uh, but but you know, obviously you have these other guys. I, Brooks, I, he's not going to make a cut. I don't think he even cares. <laughs> like he's no. gonna like I think he's going to show up. I think he's probably going to you know wear his schmedium uh, golf shirts. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, and and you know walk around and and enjoy some cool non-humid uh summer weather up in the northeast and and then he's gonna you know head back down to florida and hang out with his fiance so um on on friday night like you know let's go let's go to a movie babe because we're you know i don't have to play golf tomorrow um you know that that kind of thing so uh i i kind of expect him to miss the cut um just because i don't think he's gonna care coming off of the u.s open um DJ, I think he'll probably make the cut. I, I don't know that he'll be in contention. Uh, some of those bigger name guys. I'm just trying to think of of other names. Cam Smith, man. Cam Smith could be a guy. Cam uh, Smith's a good. I mean, yeah, he, he could be he's a guy a, to keep an eye on this week for sure. I, I'll tell you. I know we we're, we haven't gotten to the uh, yeah to the Olympics and that and that piece, but he's he's representing Australia. He he locked up his uh, his Olympic. Uh, uh, if he wants to represent Australia, he can. No, uh, Cam I, Smith is is a he, he's going to win um, a lot of tournaments as a professional, and I don't know if they're going to you know if he's going to be a Hall of Famer or anything like that. But uh, he's going to win tournaments like this. He's going to win um, the Harbor Towns of the world. He's his game sets up well for that. So yeah, for sure, for sure. So I mean, I I think uh, I think that's who I will go with. I'm I'm going to go with Paul Casey. 
Um, and other guys that to look to play well, probably Bubba Watson, Cam Smith, Bryson DeChambeau. I think those, uh, if you, if you have those four guys somewhere in a lineup this week or, or thinking about picking, picking them in a pick them, I think you probably turn out okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think your picks are, are all great. Scheffler, Stuart Sink, uh, Brian Harmon, uh, who's the other guy you said? Can't I'm wait. trying to. Cantley, yeah. Cantley, who, yeah, obviously he's hot, right? Like, I mean, played pretty well at the U.S. Open, won the Memorial, like has played well at this golf course in the past. So, uh, yeah, so some some good names there as well. So uh, keep an eye on those guys as you think through what you're going to do this weekend. Uh, we are going to definitely sit down and enjoy the travelers this weekend, maybe even get out and play some golf this weekend ourselves. Hopefully uh, we're trying to get ready for uh, a golf trip. Uh, we're taking to Tampa uh, cause Nate is right now he's posting scores. That I think would just blow our doors off. So we got some work to do, Bob. What do you think? I, you know, it, uh, I like to think for the almost 15 years I've known Nate, he and I are usually within a stroke or two of each other. Um, and I bet if you added up all the times we've played, we're pretty darn close. He, he, he's probably one or two strokes around better than me, but we're not that far apart. Uh, right now, man, he's got, I think, seven or eight rounds in the low 70s in a row. Uh, yeah. And uh, I do not. <laughs> right. I mean, his latest, his latest escapades, he won long drive at a scramble. His team won first place. His... He also, I think, won closest to the pin. Uh, I mean, like, apparently, apparently they took every single one of his drives on 18 holes. He just got a new Sim 2 driver that he says he legitimately hasn't hit a bad drive with. Like, these are types of things that when you're going to play a golf trip with a guy who normally beats you anyway... Like you don't like hearing that kind of stuff. So um, like we're kind of like, oh my gosh, like are we just basically going to empty out our wallets to this guy for, for four days? Uh, well, so I, I'll tell you, our long drive competition, that's going to come off the list and we're going to do more you know, short game stuff because that, that, that's where I'm going to be in there. But okay, with, yeah. uh, long drive, drive is, uh, yeah. that game is off of our list. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we definitely should not get into a long drive contest with a guy <laughs> who's six foot eight. Uh, so, um, we probably will not win that in our five nine frame. Uh, but anyway, uh, but anyway, we're, uh, we're excited to be bringing you this podcast. So if you, uh, like listening to this, make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, do all those cool things for us. Let people know about front nine golf and, uh, and let them, uh, know that they can uh, listen to this at anywhere a podcast can be found. So uh, we are, uh, as always, excited to bring you this podcast. We look forward to being with you each week. We look forward to being back with you next week, following the Travelers Championship, talking about winners, um, and then looking ahead to uh, some more exciting golf in the future. So you guys have a great week. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, enjoy your summer, whatever it is that you're up to this summer enjoy it get out there and uh and hit them straight and hit them long and uh and shoot low scores we'll see you um and talk to you very soon all right take it easy